0: Alright guys, welcome to today's show, and on the show with me today, I'm joined by Dusty Montgomery, and Dusty is a, a big buck hunter out of Illinois. He has got some serious stories and great success, and he's actually been trying to get on the show for a while now. I was booked out for a couple months, but I'm glad that we can finally get him on, and he texted me a couple days ago, he's like, dude, I've got some crazy stories from this season, and we gotta get on the call, so I'm glad that we were able to make it happen, and I look forward to hearing all the different things that he's got to share from this season and seasons past. So we're going to jump right into this one. Buckle up. It should be good.
1: Like he was doing things that were just badass.
0: That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. Alright guys, welcome to today's show and on the show with me today, I've got Dusty Montgomery and Dusty, I, I think you reached out quite a while ago and you were like, hey man, are you still looking for guests on the show? Well at that point I had like two months worth booked out and I was like, let's connect again and <laughs> you're like, hey, it's, it's a good thing we did kind of postpone because now I've got some awesome hunting stories, um, but I'm excited to hear all about it. I'm going to hear about it for the first time along with the listeners, uh, but first off, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, man. And I'm glad we waited too, because I wouldn't be able to talk about today like two months ago. So
0: yeah, I've, uh, I've had, I feel like one of the slower hunting seasons that I've, that I've ever had, but I've missed out on weeks and weeks. I've, I missed the entire white tail rut here in Missouri. I think I got out like one morning and maybe two hours in the afternoon. And other than that, we've been traveling, which is all right. I mean, there's more hunting seasons ahead, but uh, hearing all the success other people have had, I'm like, oh gosh, I want to be them.
1: <laughs> it, it, it was my best season on inches of antlers on the ground, but worst as the experience of the rut. Okay. I didn't. First year, I never heard a grunt. First year, I never seen a chase. But yet, my most successful year. Dang. So kind of kind of crazy.
0: Would you? would you change it? Would you make that split a little bit different to where you still got to see the rutting activity and get a deer on the ground? Or are you totally fine with the success?
1: Uh, you know what I would because now I got two deer to mount, so it's going to be expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather have one deer and some awesome experiences.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of the immediate success hunts that I've been on, it's bittersweet because you get out there and you didn't really have like that exciting of a hunt. It just happened quickly and then it's done. And I like, I like halfway through a hunt, right? So if you have 10 days to hunt something, I like maybe on day five or six, you've already had a bunch of encounters, a bunch of experiences, you've seen a lot of animals and then you have actual success where you're getting an animal on the ground versus like day one, I've been on those hunts and it's just like, this is what we trained for? <laughs> this, yeah, is, this is what we took two weeks off for?
1: Well, you couldn't say it better. My last hunt, I just posted on TikTok, TikTok. I named it Bittersweet. And nice. we'll, we'll get into that. Definitely Bittersweet.
0: Yeah. Um, before we hop into those stories, why don't you share with listeners how you got involved in the outdoors? Uh, was it something you grew up with? Have you done it all your life? Or are you a... Uh,
1: yeah, my, my dad introduced me when I was a kid. Um, back then, I think people around here just kind of hunted to help feed the family. I mean, really, you know, we didn't grow up with a whole lot of money. We weren't poor by no means, but obviously deer meat, squirrel meat, rabbit meat. I mean, all that helped. Yeah. Um, so he was always a meat hunter, but for as long as I could remember, I've always been after the rack. I mean, ever since I was a kid, that's all I've talked about. Yep. And I think... Thought when I got older, I'd grow out of it and I just keep getting more into it. I can't get away from it. I mean, it, it literally runs through my blood. All I think about is white tail bucks. That's it.
0: Yeah. Where uh, where are you located? What part of the country?
1: I'm in Southern Illinois.
0: Southern Illinois. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're in a great spot for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole rack thing. I mean, I grew up in. Hunting for big bucks, I mean, everybody wanted to shoot a big buck, but it didn't seem like there was that selective harvesting where, you know, you're not shooting something that's two years old. You're only shooting three and a half or four and a half years old. We just didn't have that. And I would get pumped just when my parents came home with a deer. And, like, they'd hung it. I I can't believe they would do this. Uh, We had a clothesline, and it was just, like, a four-inch round tube that was uh, T on each end. And they would hang the deer from those. And looking back, I'm like, I feel like that was way too short to hang a deer on. Like they had to have been dragging on the ground. But uh they would come home and I growing up, I didn't really care what I shot. And then all of a sudden people started talking about the big bucks, the racks. Um, my I had a dog, it was a Norwegian elk hound, and it would bring home antlers like randomly. I mean, it was just kind of a free range dog, it ran wherever. We didn't have a collar, didn't have a yard or didn't have a fence for it. And it would just show up with a chunk of a deer or the head of a deer or the antlers. And I was like, something about that antler in my hand. I was like, oh, this is cool. And uh, they say there's, they say there's like some weird chemical thing that happens when people hold gold. I feel the same way with the deer antler or any type of antler. I'm like, I don't know why I could just hold on to it forever.
1: Oh, when it comes to shed hunting, I love finding it. It don't matter what size it is. Yeah. But like, just like you said, you get that feeling of finding it. It took hours to find, and it, it's it's a trophy no matter what it is. Yep. You put put work into something, and you got rewarded. I mean, there's no better feeling.
0: Oh, yeah. So, so you grew up uh, in that setting. Did you start out just right gun hunting? Is Illinois a shotgun only everywhere? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Shotgun, loader. Um, pistol, but no rifles, I mean. Okay. So, yeah, I started out going with my dad, um, obviously just watching him hunt. And then in fifth grade, I got to start going shotgun hunting by myself. Or not by myself, but with my dad, but shooting for myself. Yep. Uh, and honestly, it took me four years to get my first year. And I, is eighth grade. I, I can't shoot a gun. It just, I can shoot a bow better than a gun any day of the week. I missed a lot of deer. So, <laughs> It was actually in eighth grade I shot my first deer with a bow. I was not even with a gun. I've been hunting for four years, and my first deer came with a bow. Nice. So ever since, I mean, and it wasn't a big buck, you know. When I first started, I was just kill anything, you know, get some experience. But I was always after a big buck.
0: Yep did that Did that change the way you hunted? Then did you continue to try to shoot with a shotgun, or did you just go full on oh, with yeah, bow after that? I,
1: today I'll, I'll hunt
0: any season there is so i just want to be in the woods yeah yeah i'm i'm the same way the only thing that i haven't picked up is muzzleloader hunting and i think the reason i haven't is because you can always use a lesser method here in missouri and so even during muzzle loader season you can get out with a bow and yeah i just love shooting my bow and now, i'm like man do i want to mess with like jamming powder down the barrel of this thing do i want to deal with all that. And then I see the horror stories where there's like the tiniest bit of moisture and it's just like click. I'm like, dude, if I brought a muzzleloader out and scared off the big buck that I've been after, Oh, I'd be so upset.
1: You you hit it on the head again. Not only did you talk about bittersweet, you just said archery hunting during muzzleloader season, which is what I did on this last buck. Nice. I took the bow during muzzleloader season. This isn't
0: rehearsed either. I mean, people are going to be like, oh yeah, nice segue, Dan, you knew all about it. No, I really didn't.
1: Yeah, you're like lead me into it already. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. So why don't we jump into it then? Uh, I'm I'm just like anticipating it now. So uh, well, I
1: mean, we, we got to go through the first buck to get to that one. Deal. So um, we'll just start out with. Uh, I had to work till October fifteenth this year, so I couldn't even get out the first two weeks of season. Uh, had surgery over summer. Still got cameras out, but not like I like to, I like to check them and if I'm not getting anything, move them really just wasn't prepared this year. Just, uh, couldn't make shooting lanes. Didn't have time. I just had to hunt what I had. So I got this piece of property. It's four acres. Just picked it up last year. Never put a stand on it last year, just hung cameras. And that was it. And, uh, so this year I got in there right after, right after, uh, I was done working. We was working seven days a week. is why I couldn't do anything. Uh, right after that was over, I got in there, got my first stand put up in there. Like I said, it's just a four-acre woods, nothing, yeah. nothing. One of those spots you see, you're like, man, that that could be it. Yep. So uh, I uh, got my stand hung up, put a camera up, checked the camera in a week or so. Had a really blurry night picture, but you could tell it was a big, big buck. I mean, I almost deleted the picture; I didn't even see it. Yeah, it was like pictures right at dark where. The infrared didn't work, but yet it was too dark to see the deer. But I knew it was big, but I didn't think much of it. And I uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law, which they own some property, where I killed a 196 three years ago.
0: Holy cow.
1: Yeah, and I had a 198 there this year, but he got shot real early, so I didn't get a chance to hunt him. But uh, So I'm talking to him, and he's like, dude, a giant buck just ran across the yard. I'm like, no, what, he's not a hunter, so it's like, you know, what's a giant? He's yeah. like, dude, he was tw- wide, he was massive, he was everything. So I'm like, all right, ne- next wind I get, that's right, I'm going to go in there. And I got a c- camera. He's like, he ran up by your camera. He'll be on your camera. So I went in there about 3.30 in the afternoon, pulled the card out of my camera, got up in the tree, was going through photos, and I found the photo. I mean, same day, same time that he said this buck went through and I wasn't a giant yeah so I got, the, I got this strong strong west wind this is this is halloween night too so you know the rut's just starting to you know pick up I got a strong west wind and i'm sitting there i'm like man that 198's killed this deer ain't near as big as what I, you know he talked it to be i said i need to get in that new stand on that new property the wind's perfect i mean i can walk with the wind right in my face in this four acre woods i'm like I just got a hunch, you know, it's like, I need to leave this property. I need to go like, no, even though I'm running late, I need to get down and get out of here. So I climbed down, I ran to my truck. My brother-in-law was out in the yard. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I just got a hunch. That's all I got. I just got to go to this other spot. So I get up in the tree and I get, I get, I get settled down. Wind's perfect right in my face. Any deer that comes through there is not going to smell me. And so this is the first time I've hunted this stand. You know, I've had permission to hunt it two years, but the first time I've hunted it. And the very first deer I see is a 176-inch ten pointer Oh, my gosh. And he, he, I see him out in the field, and he, he's running into the little four-acre patch. First thing I do is grab a grunner. He's running. I'm like, I got to give him stop. He's going to run right through this place. Yep. So I grunted him out in the field. I can barely make him out. I can't even see his rack. I can just see a big body. I know it's a big buck. He stops. Got in the field. So I put the grunner up. Grabbed my bow, I already ranged where he's going to come in the woods, which happened to be just coincidence. Lucky. Yeah. And he got in there and I, I stopped him and shot, heard the shot, knew I hit him, but didn't know where I hit him. Instantly sick. Yeah. I mean, just he, instead of staying in the woods, he ran out in the open field and took off across the open field. And I was like, that's not a good feeling. So, I mean, I was sick. I didn't know what to do. I got down, went over to the arrow. Arrow was covered in blood. I'm like, all right, you know, this is this is good. You know, I I tracked him about 20 yards where he went out to the field, and see, I mean, it was a hard 20 yard track, not very much blood. Didn't know where I hit him, and for the first time ever, I backed out. I mean, I usually try to trail a deer right away. Just yeah, I want to want to get my eyes on him. So, first time ever, I just backed out called a guy that's got a dog this guy is very success successful he's on facebook always saying he's tracking this deer always so i'm like you know what if this deer's dead this this is the way it's going to be you know i got a standing cornfield 200 yards in the direction that deer went
0: Ooh.
1: And then two waterways in another direction he could go i'm like well if he's good he's gonna go to a waterway or cornfield yep. standing corn well to kind of speed up the story get the dog there the next day he didn't go to either one he didn't go to the waterway he didn't go to standing corn he ran across the open field about 500 yards i was like that just made me more sick yeah you know no way a deer hurt very bad would do that
0: just out in the open the whole time
1: yep so uh the night before I got permission on all the neighboring properties where I thought he was going, The standing corn, the waterways, even got one neighbor hunter, you know, involved in case they went on the property that he hunted. He knew the deer. Um, and the direction he went, no one expect, uh, expected. And that was the one guy I did not call to get permission to track this deer. So when we get over there, it's actually right on the property line. He's, he's running the property line. So, like, if the deer goes left, it's on the guy they get permission to be on. Yep. He goes stays on the property that I'm on. So, we send the dog in there by itself. I don't go in. Um, the other hunter don't go in, just the guy and the dog. They go in. Dog goes right, which is the property I can be on. So, you know, started out pretty good. He gets in the woods and just loses scent. Oh, no. I mean, he he tracked this deer across that field in five minutes. We get to the woods and it's just circling, circling, circling and circling. Ends up coming up on a gut pile, a fresh gut pile.
0: Oh gosh.
1: And I'm like, dude, I don't. And then you know, we meet back out in the field, and he's like, he's like, I don't know, dude. He's like, we lost scent. He's like, that gut pile's fresh. He's like, what time do you shoot the deer? I'm like, well, it was like 4.30. And this is before time change. So, you know, there's still an hour and a half left of daylight. Yes. Like, man, there's a good chance, you know, this is your deer. He's dead. I mean, he ran over here and got shot again. He's like, there was no, there was no drag marks. Dude, I know, could throw like,
0: up right now just hearing this. Oh uh, my
1: gosh. You know, when I went to bed that night, I told myself, don't get your hopes up. Because if you get your hopes up, you're going to be let down even more. Yeah. So, we, we we just we just decided that was it, you know? I mean, fresh gut pile, truck truck tracks right to the gut pile, and there was a cell cam right over the gut pile. So, like, you know, we don't want to be in here on somebody's camera and ruining any, any more hunting. Like, this, this got to be it. Yep. So, you know, I went home, we all left, you know, I was sick, wasn't expecting much, but you know, I was like, you know, I'll just check the cameras in a couple weeks and see if I knew what deer it was, you know, he, he had a giant kicker off his G2. So, I mean, very easy to tell And when I checked the trail camera after hunting that day, I, I had like 10 pictures of him that morning. Oh, okay. So, so I knew what deer he was after, you know, checking the camera after I shot him. So, uh, speed up to speed up from a frustrating season, you know, um, first shotgun season. I didn't hunt, but a couple hours, Friday morning came home and I'm actually living with my mom right now. we're in the process of building the house and she's got some hunters there around her house and they had shot some deer. I'm like, you know, I'll just go introduce myself. Kind of like you said, you like to talk to hunters. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go introduce myself. They killed some deer, see what they killed, you know, and just start conversation. Well, we get to talking, they're talking about all the deer they killed. And they're like, dude, we found this giant buck three weeks ago on our lease property. I'm like, your lease property? I'm like, I didn't even know they leased property. I just knew they like, owned ground right there by my mom's. Yeah. I'm like, well, where's that lease property at? They're like, oh, it's back here. And they're showing me on Google. I'm like, that's the property that I couldn't get permission to walk on and he's like yeah we found it i'm like well did it have a did it have a kicker on his g2 he's like no man i, I don't think so he's like i got pictures of it and they get out pictures and i'm like oh man it does have a kicker off its g2 i'm like dude i shot that deer halloween night I'm like well we found it november 2nd and he was fresh i was like dude that's my deer and oh like oh
0: my gosh
1: oh it was crazy and then now I'm thinking, oh, are they going to give me this deer? You know, okay. I'm thinking, every what do I do? You know, and uh, so there uh, he he instantly says, "I'll bring it to you tonight." I'm like, I mean, oh. it's just that I was like, no way, man! It's like that easy, you know? Yeah. Of course, I, I I explained to him like, dude, I found your gut pile. I'm like, oh yeah, we shot a buck October 30th. He's like, that was your gut pile you found. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, is that your cell camera? I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, well, to prove I was in there, you should have a picture of the dog that I used to track your deer or track my deer. Yeah. He's like, oh, the batteries have been dead in that forever. I was <laughs> like, like, well, at least I can tell you, I know where your cell cam's at. You know? We were in there tracking this deer. Yeah. And uh, I showed them the trail cam pictures, you know, they, I mean, obviously a big deer like that, you can match up everything pretty easily. Oh yeah. So I'm like, and they're sh- so they're showing me on Google, they found this deer and where we stopped on the edge of the field and just let the dog go in by itself, the deer was only 30 yards in the woods. Oh gosh. Of course. The dog went right. and The deer just veered left just a little bit. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, you know? So a couple of lessons I learned, you know, is I thought I was doing everything right. You know, backing out, coming in the next day, got a dog, you know, the one thing I did wrong is I put a hundred percent trust in that dog. Yeah. I didn't scan anything with my eyes, everybody was. Everybody was watching the dog. I think you get kind of complacent on that, where you should still be kind of gridiron searching too. And I didn't do that. I just, I just have seen all the success stories that this dog had done, so I just trusted it. Yeah. You know? So I mean, kind of lesson learned there, but well, yeah, it was crazy.
0: That's awesome that. They recovered him, then gave him back to you. Did you Did you find out afterwards where he was hit?
1: Yes, and it was a good shot. I mean, uh, I wish I could show you a picture. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it looks like. I mean, if you if I were to send you the picture, it looks like I it looks like I took out the heart. Yeah. On the exit side, so the inner side, it looks like. I mean, what it looked like, it hit the lungs. You know. Yep. So. I mean, I, I called the guy at the dog. I said, Hey, I found my deer. I said, and he was just confused. I mean, he didn't know what to say. You know, he apologized and stuff like that. But I was just like, I mean, we couldn't believe, I don't know what the gut pile threw off the dog. Yeah. Like if that was stronger smell than my injured deer. So uh, that's the only thing I can come up with.
0: Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't have a ton of experience with deer. Uh, and, and dogs for tracking, but I know there are certain things that can throw them off, but for the most part, like each deer has an individual smell and the dogs can pick up on that. But I think what could happen is, you know, if they had just drug a deer to where the gut pile was, or from there back to their truck and the, the dog hit that, you know, that's a strong smell. Like that's blood, that's whatever internal um, fluids and so it definitely could have just thrown it off enough and
1: well also thank you know that dog you know when he finds a deer there's a lot probably blood or somebody guts it right beside the dog he's probably like hey found your deer i'm done yeah i think that's why the dog gave up so easy because you know he's like hey I, I did my job you know let's move on
0: yep yeah and i mean it, it's also possible that uh earlier on in the track he could have got on the other deer you know like after they had shot the deer wherever it ended up running to where you found the gut pile it could have just crossed that path and picked that up and not been following your deer from you know 100 yards before but yeah. uh, either way man I'm glad it worked out did they did they cape it did they I mean was it
1: no they they so since they found it on their lease and there's really like I say he ran over he ran across the five hundred yard field to get to their lease, they thought someone had poached the deer. You oh, know, okay. just which I don't know why anybody would poach a deer, not at least take something from it. Yeah. But that's just what they thought. I mean, we didn't go into great detail about it. But uh, they just cut off the head. He was gonna European mount it, you know, finding it in on their lease and everything. So but he hadn't buried it or nothing yet. So he, I mean, he brought me the head and I called Game warden and it was gun season, and I shot this deer with a bow. I'm like, how do I tag this thing with a bow tag during gun season? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, so I shot this deer Halloween night, and I just figured out the neighbors found it. I just got it. You know, This is three and a half weeks later. They're like, well, so you didn't get any meat off of it, right? And I said, no, I didn't get any meat off of it. They're like, well, you're not going to tag it. We'll, we'll come in. We'll call it in. We'll give you a salvage tag. So they didn't even make me burn a tag. They just went ahead and Game warden came to the house. He checked it in like you would, you know, count the points, took some measurements, and tagged it, and on his way he went. But Dang! So it was just crazy. All I mean, it, I learned so many different things just from that one hunt, you know.
0: Yeah. Are you, is Illinois normally a one buck state? No, we're two bucks. Oh, okay. So, so at so, that yeah. point, you could technically still shoot two bucks. I could. Yeah. Dang. That's crazy. I have i don't think I've ever heard of a case where the game warden or DNR or whatever agency it is uh, lets you just burn. Uh, normally, when that happens, I've heard of them just taking the whole deer or yeah. they make you burn your tag and you get to keep whatever's left of the deer. Yeah. But the only I guess the only time that I've heard where they don't make you burn a tag is if it's like a roadkill situation yeah so that's crazy man that's well awesome though
1: i i actually called the sheriff first because i knew i knew who he was you know and i i explained him the story and he's like oh no he's like definitely don't put your tag on it he's like just he told me hold on to it and i'll give you a salvage tag at the end of season i was like no i don't <laughs> think i'm gonna just hold on to 176 inch deer and wait that long yeah so then i started texting buddies i said hey what's game board's number give me a game board and i just I want to do this right. I mean, it's hundred. It's my second biggest buck. I'm not gonna. Oh, to have mess that taken
0: away just because you know you're trying to prove the story and they find you with it without a tag. Oh gosh.
1: Yeah, but no, I called Game Ward and I explained it to him. And I mean, and like I said, my words were, "How do I tag this with my bow tag?" It's gun season. He's like, "You won't." He's like, "I'll just bring you a salvage tag." So I mean, I didn't even know you could do that. He's the one that you know. Yeah. He mentioned it. I said. And he he even said he's like we're too busy right now being gun season we won't be there till next week he's like call me Wednesday, and that's right before Thanksgiving. He's like we'll come out there then. So I called him Wednesday and gave him my address. He was there in 20 minutes, you know, and checked it in. So yeah, I'm glad I did everything right. And he's like here's he's like here's the number you'll give the taxidermist and all this. I mean, he gave me everything I needed. So
0: yeah, are you uh, are you just gonna have a euro done of it or are you gonna do a shoulder mount? And get like uh, a different cape for it.
1: So the original plan was to get a different cape and get it mounted. But that brings us to the next story. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to get it mounted, you know, just uh, for one, everybody's full. I don't know about, about taxiderms over there, but all the taxiderms are full around here. You yeah. can't get in there. And then if you want to get in, you're overpay because a lot of people raise their prices. Yep. So I don't know yet. I, I mean, it's 176 inch deer. Would you mount? I mean,
0: 100. If I <laughs> yeah, shot a 156 inch deer, I'd be mounting it.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I got to get. I'll eventually mount it. May not be this year. You know, and it might be in the future. I kill 140 or 150 inch mature buck with a good cape. You know, and do that. But he, I mean, eventually he's going to end up on the wall yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, that's the nice thing is if you if you just get it Eurod right now, you can always do that way down the road.
1: Yeah. And, and honestly, it's a it's actually something I'm looking into to do as a hobby to start. Oh yeah, tax. So it might be something I can do myself. You know, in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, I am. I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to things like that, that I would never finish a deer. Like I've thought about it. I'm like, man, that looks really cool. You know you figure out what mold you want for it or the form you want for it. And then I see people putting like all the veins and little water droplets on the mouth. And I'm like, that looks cool. I mean, it's an art form. Oh yeah. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, I would never do anything else. Like I would, I wouldn't have time for anything else because I'd be so meticulous and I just don't have time for that hobby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I thought about was mounting maybe 10 to 15 other people's deer than pay it. And someone the, else to do.
0: There you go. That's a good idea. You I, just do it to pay for yours.
1: Yeah. Just do it to pay for mine. And I got, you know, like I said, when I say I'm all about antlers, obviously I eat, the meat, I eat deer. Yeah. But, uh, like I'm obsessed with just antlers. I mean, I got sheds that I'd like to mount. You know, I, I find deadheads during shed season. That I'd like to get them out. You know, yeah. I got like 25 deer on the foot on the wall. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I I don't pay. I've don't only got, I've got one deer that I did a shoulder mount with. Everything else is Euroed. And I was, <clears throat> I don't know if it was on like Instagram or what, but I saw inside of Steve Ranilla's house, he's got like this big black shelf, like an open face shelf. And all the shelves are different size, like rectangles or squares or whatever. And he's just got European mounts in each little cubby. And I was like, dude, that is the coolest thing. I want a full wall of just that. I just, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you'll be able to see it on here, but I just went and reorganized our guys night area. We we get together every Thursday night and hang out. And I brought, <clears throat> excuse me, I brought all of my stuff over there because we're moving out of our place. And so we ju- I just like went through and
1: nice. redid yeah. the whole
0: area. And I'm like, there's something about having like a rack room, you know, or like <laughs> a, a wall of success somewhere. I don't know. In, no. I've heard it explained a lot. Like it's all about the memories. You know what I mean? Like you're so proud of it. And every time you look at it, like you'll never look at that deer, uh, that 176 incher, without all of these different emotions and memories and visuals coming to mind.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, my wife she's like don't you have enough because i got i don't know i probably have 10 deer mounted now she's like there's only and we're getting ready to build this new house she's like only three of them's going in the house top three <laughs> but uh yeah exactly you say when you look at that deer i mean you think about it it's like don't to spend 500 to mount it but there again when you look at that deer it gives you gives you a little bit of happiness you know oh yeah you know who wouldn't pay 500 dollars for a little bit of happiness yep. here and there so but, yeah i think i think you do have to get it mounted to look back at it.
0: Yeah. Something that you're going to be able to look back on for years. And then, you know, you're going to tell future generations, the story of it. And someone's going to end up with it, putting it in a hunting lodge or somewhere like, Oh yeah. Dusty shot that one back in 2021. You know, Uh, I, I love it. I love, I bought, I've bought one mount in my life. And it wasn't like a deer that I shot. I was at a thrift store and they had this deer that was mounted on the wall and it had like a $15 price tag on it. And it was from like the 1930s probably. I mean, it was like the worst mount I've ever seen. The eyes were all bugged out. I'm pretty sure they used like goat eyes in it or something. And uh, I'm like, man, it would just be cool to have a property at some point where, you know, it's the family hunting lodge or the deer camp and... Five generations from now, I've still got a deer on the wall there after I'm dead and gone.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So
0: what, Yeah, let's hear ahead. about let's hear about this second part of your hunting season.
1: Oh man. So so I actually end up killing another buck since I didn't have to waste the tag. I end up I end up killing one smaller buck out of frustration. That's like I said out of frustrating season. So I did burn a tag on that, and it is going to get Euro-mounted. <laughs> but it, it is a nice deer, 140-inch 10-point. But, I mean, uh, I, let, I let my feelings get to me on that one. You know, I, I heard a neighbor shot, you know, a nice three-and-a-half-year-old I was watching. You know, he's probably 140, 150-inch 10-point. That was just going to be a giant someday. And yeah. I don't know, I just let it get to me, and I shouldn't. But, anyway – so I really only got one tag left, but some people are going to frown upon, even though I got a salvage tag for that big one, they're going to frown upon if I kill another one. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually winding down. Our season don't go out to like third week of January. Okay. Uh, I usually hunt till that very last, I mean, the very last day until I'm tagged out, which I've only tagged out twice, maybe yeah. besides this year so it wasn't I got this deer I started following last year I guessed them to be three and a half about 150 inch 10 point possibly could be four and a half and then I was like man that's a deer I want to shoot in the future like I want to start I want to start getting to know this deer well this summer I started getting his trail cam pictures and he, I mean he exploded I'm like man that is a giant like mean, we're talking trail cam pictures make them look like a hundred and eighty inch ten point. Just Jeez. wide, tall, massive. I mean, you just can't get anything. I mean, it's just picture perfect. I'm like, man, I'll never see that deer. You know, I don't have no big leases. I don't own any big pieces of ground. Yep. A lot of a lot of my hunting, you know, is go to the neighbor, knock on the door. Can I hunt? You know, yes or no. Yeah. If they let me, if they let me, I try to, you know. I've never paid for leasing, but I'll, I'll take him an apple pie once a year. Or yep. Give him, give him some deer meat. You know, try to stay friendly. So I'm like, where, where I'm getting pictures of this deer? I'm just, I mean, it's a fence row where he's traveling mostly at night, and he's eating out of the beans in the summer. You know, I'm getting a lot of velvet picks but when season starts, he disappears. Yep. Well, this year I picked up another piece of property about a half mile away. I'm like, man, this he could be going this way. You know, there's a chance, you know, it's only a half mile. I'm like, this could be the spot he's going to. So, uh, you know, I get my cameras up, put a stand up there. Uh, really didn't hunt it much. Just, just checking cameras periodically. And I get a daytime picture of them the day after Thanksgiving. And I'm like, and it's daylight picture, you know, it's four o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Oh, heck yeah. I'll
1: I'm like, man, this is where this deer's going. You know, after, after summer, after he sheds velvet, I'm like, this is where he's going. And I had it in my mind that, you know, I'm I'm pretty well done hunting this year. uh, Getting ready to build a house, getting ready to get busy. Like I said before, my deer stands were not ready this year because of work and surgery. I'm like, I I can start working on deer stands now and get this thing, get ready for next year, you know? I just got to keep, I just got to keep tabs on this deer, make sure he stays alive. So the other day I was like, you know, I'm going to go out one last time because uh, I think the barometric pressure was like 30.4. I'm like, man, that's pretty high. Yep. You know, deer, deer ought to be moving. I was like, I just want to go sit in the stand. I've not been in this woods more than two or three times. Like I'm going to sit in the stand, look at trees, maybe for possible deer stands next year, do some ranging, uh, see what I got to clear out for shooting lanes next year. And I got two cameras right by that stand. I'm like, I'll check those cameras and make sure this deer's still alive. So I get in there and I've been fighting a cold through myself for quite a while. And I get up in the stand, I start coughing. <laughs> I mean, uncontrollable, you know, when you try to hold a cough in, yep. it, just makes, it just makes it worse. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, this is stupid. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't doing this spot any favors. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I ought to get down, check the cameras, and just get out of here. So about the time I think that, here comes a little four-pointer. And he's moseying through there. I'm like, well, that, I mean, that coffin didn't scare him. I mean, there's only an hour left of daylight. I could probably make it the rest of the, rest of the time. So I'm sitting there, and uh, I, he- I hear some leaves moving. I look. I don't really see nothing. You, you know, it could be a squirrel. It could be yeah. anything. Could been, could have been the wind. It wasn't distinctive. So I'm just sitting there and I hear some leaves again. And I was just like, well, that's gotta be something. So I look up again, there's a doe about 30 yards. I'm like, all right, here comes some more deer. You know, this is, this is me interesting. This is what I've been waiting for. You know, I just want to hunt where I get some close encounters and just watch deer. It's what I love to do. Yep. Um, well, I look back behind her and I, I just see movement. I see one movement's got, a, got a set of rack on. So I get my binos up and I instantly know this deer, you know, it's, <laughs> the what looks like 180 inch 10 point i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> and i've told everybody i've talked to um i will not shoot this deer unless it's a 20 yard chip shot yep. i just won't you know i got the one with the salvage tag and i got the smaller one out of frustration and this is my last time you know i actually passed this deer during gun season at 100 yards because i didn't want to take i don't take any risk you yep. know um well, he's hanging out about fifty yards, and this doe's still hot. I mean, this is just Sunday, so the thirteenth, I think it was, and this doe's hot still. He he's staying downwind over about forty yards, so she's at ten yards, and he's about fifty. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm. Not, I mean, he's out in the wide open too. I'm like, I could shoot that, but I'm not going to. I won't. Yeah, I'm not not taking any chances. It ain't worth it. So she moses behind. She moses by me at ten yards, and he's trailing her. Behind her and out about 40, 50 yards. Well, I see some more movement behind him. There's more bucks coming. And honestly, I think another one was another shooter. i never put my binoculars on him because I didn't want to, I didn't want to take my eyes off this deer. I know this deer. This is a deer I've dreamed of. This is a deer I never thought I'd ever see in person. Like everything's coming true. (laughs) Except not at that chip shot mark. And at this time, I'm like, I'm going to let this deer walk, you know, because the whole reason of getting in that stand was just to prepare for next year.
0: Yeah. You weren't, you weren't thinking about a shot opportunity at that point.
1: No, huh. I took, and, and to tell you, I, I took one arrow. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't prepared at all. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm like, I don't know. It's just dream come true, I guess. So anyway, he's moseying by me and, and all of a sudden these little bucks run up on that doe. Well, that pissed him off. And he, instead of going by me 40, 50 yards, he turned right to me where the oh little buck saw Closes the distance to 20 yards. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you, you ain't going to pass this deer 20 yards. You know, I'm thinking this deer's a four-and-a-half-year-old, and I'm trying to set my bars higher. And I'm like, I wanted to kill this deer next year. That was my goal. But yeah. It's like, he could get hit by a car. You know, it's muzzleloader season and I'm hunting with a bow, you know, he can get shot with a gun today, you know, if he goes another 200 yards to the neighboring property. Yep. So I'm just like, at that time, it's like I got to shoot him, you know. I said I'd shoot him. If I got a 20-yard shift shot, I was going to shoot him. Well, I couldn't stop him at 20. Um, I bat at him a couple of times, and he didn't stop till about 30. It was that perfect quarter-and-away shot. Shot, seen the arrow hit him. Perfect, looked like a perfect shot. He ran about 50 yards and stopped and just stood there and stood there and stood there. I'm just like, well, I mean, is he going to go down? Like, he's not moving. So I'm like, I'm like, heck, I'll grab the video camera and start recording him. You know, yep. you know, my goal is to shoot one on film, but you know, I'm not to that level yet. So I'm like, I'll grab the camera and film the after shot. So I get the camera on him. And as soon as I hit record, he starts to go down. So I'm like, all right, you know. So I, I packed my stuff up, got everything in my backpack, took my time, climbed down my stand, and and you'll see the video on TikTok. If you, you go look at uh, my TikTok page, is at Monty D20.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: I took a video. I've always wanted to video myself walking up to a monster butt, so I took a video of the walk up to him. Uh, got up there, and he is actually still alive. So. Uh, I was kind of depressed. I don't ever want to see, a, see an animal suffer. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I took one arrow. Wasn't planning on anything happening like that. So I just kind of stood there was, for about five.
0: So he was alive, but on the ground.
1: Oh yeah. He couldn't get up. Yeah. I, get up. I mean, his eyes were twitching. Uh, his neck was just barely off the ground. Yeah. Um, So I said a quick prayer. I asked God, I said, Hey God, you know, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this harvest But please, you know, please take the suffering out of this animal. Yep. After I got done saying my prayer, uh, I called my brother-in-law and I said, Hey, can you, can you come help me, uh, drive off this deer? And he's like, well, he's like, I might like, I got to work it I can't. Uh, the crazy thing was when I called, I called my brother-in-law, I had my phone on speaker when that first ring went off, that deer jumped up and bolted. Oh no! I mean, out of sight. I had stood there and took pictures of that deer for ten minutes, and I couldn't believe it. I was talking to my brother-in-law. I'm like, dude, my deer just—he's gone. I'm like, I—I I already sent him pictures. He's like, the—he's like the deer you just sent me pictures of. I'm like, yeah, he's gone. So I'm like, I'm confused. I'm like, oh, what do I do? You know, I'm like, do I back out again and try to get a dog and recover another deer? Or what do I do? So I call my father all up. He's like, dude, he's like, I'd go where you last seen him. He's like, I would not take my eyes off that deer if he came, if anything possible. Yep. He's like, that deer's dead. He's got to be dead. He didn't lay there for 15 minutes, almost dead. Just to
0: was, it, was he, sorry, a little clarification. When he was on the ground, was he like on his side or was he like just in a bedded down position?
1: He was on, at one one time I took a picture, He's on his side and the rack was on the ground.
0: Oh, dang. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you just think like dead deer for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. If you look at the TikTok video I posted, he's laying on the ground with his head just tilted over, not moving at all. It wasn't until I got real close to him, I could barely, you know, and even his breasts were like a breath every 20 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like breathing it was like it was almost like nerves you'd think yeah just but for whatever reason when he heard that ring he jumped up and bo- he had one last bit of adrenaline it was gone dang so i listened to my father-in-law and i took off walking you know where i last seen him and now we're getting we're getting to where you know this is a new property i ain't been on it very much we're getting in territory i ain't been in so I don't even know where to, which direction to go after I last seen him because it goes into like a, a real thicket with some standing corn. Mm-hmm. Some draws to the other way. So I get up there last seen, and I just stop. I see one deer take off, and it took off with its tail up, so I knew it wasn't him. And I heard some leaves shuffling. And I look, and I see a rat. So I just bolted over there to it. And it was him. He was falling down again, and. I mean this time once he fell, I mean he, he he expired in about a minute. So I was like, man, finally. You know. Dude. Finally get to put, finally get to put my hands on a deer that I dreamed of. Yeah. You know. So oh my uh gosh. The worst part about it was he ran a hundred yards deeper in the woods and I had to drag him out even farther.
0: <laughs> <laughs> man, what a what a roller coaster, though!
1: Oh, like man.
0: to watch it go down, to get down, get pictures, send pictures. Like that would be so confusing on the other end. Like your brother-in-law or your brother to get a to get a message, like, "Hey, can you help me drag this steer out?" Never mind, he's gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can only imagine what he's thinking. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. And then I was also thinking, man, I don't want to call this dog again, you know. Oh yeah. I, don't want, I mean, I mean, I, I'd trust the dog. If I ever needed a dog, I'd trust it. And I'm like, it's daylight. I want to keep it looking. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if I had a dog, I would bring my dog in right away, just for the experience. A lot of people like watching the dogs work, and I think I would too. But I'm the same way. I don't, I don't typically back out. If I shoot, it's because I'm confident. I can kill this animal with one shot and yeah I I had one bad encounter this year where I put a shot on a deer and it was so close and all I can think is that the angle um, because of how close it was to my tree stand um, I messed up on that but I tracked that one right away I was like I thought I heard it crash like within 15-20 seconds but I couldn't see so I went and I'm like, man, it's gotta be right here. I, I, I know I heard it crash and we're looking and looking and looking. Couldn't find it. End up bumping it forty five minutes later and had to put another arrow in it. I put an arrow in it at like three feet. I mean it was in it was in standing beans. I was shooting almost straight down onto this thing. I had bumped it and then it collapsed in the in the beans, shot it again, and then it went ten yards. But I have a really hard time not going after one right away. And oh, I know yeah. a it's lot of people will frown on that, but it's just what I've always done and it's always worked out.
1: Well, you know, I think there's two sides to every story too. Like, so some people say, you know, let him lay, you know, a dead deer goes nowhere. But my my side of the story is keep that heart pumping, if he's bleeding. Keep that heart pumping and make him bleed out. Yeah. You know, that that 196 I shot three years ago I actually hit him in the neck and he was bleeding. And same thing. I, like you said, I thought I heard him go down. So instantly I went after him and where I thought, where I thought I heard him go down. He actually just ran through a brush pile. Okay. Long story short, I ended up seeing him about a hundred yards off. and He was just kind of limping along. Well, I didn't want to take my eyes off of him. So I just kept staying behind him and stayed behind him and stayed behind him and finally watched him, you know, lay down. And I just sat there until until he expired so,
0: so so you got a 196 a couple of years ago a yeah. 176 earlier this season Yep. Yeah. then you shot what did you say it was a 140
1: yeah 140 10s and
0: then what did you tape this one out right away
1: i didn't right away because just as a sunday evening i'll be working monday morning oh yeah but yeah i taped that out yesterday and i got 168
0: jeez what a season.
1: Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you've had what is that? A 450 inch season?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Gosh. I yeah, I can't imagine. I've I've had a couple really good years. I will say that. Um never shot a monster whitetail. I've been in places where I should have been able to, um, just not managed the right way. I'm hoping in the coming years I can really start targeting. Uh, big mature bucks even this year I passed up on a lot of deer um, just because I want them to grow and I saw a 180 inch deer early last year and never had a trail camera picture never saw him again just like one sighting of him uh, on the hoof though in the morning and I yeah. was like holy cow like he's around here he obviously is he's running through the bean field in front of me at 350 yards so I know we've got great potential out here and I've even seen some, I've seen some deer that are like three and a half year old one seventies on trail camera. I mean like 24 inch wide, 12, like typical 12 point in velvet. And I'm like, dude, this is going to be the biggest buck I've ever seen, you know? But same thing, like what you were saying about that other property that you hunted, you'd, you'd get them in the summer, you'd get them in velvet, and then they just disappear. And I've got, Every buck in the area on camera every night throughout the summer in the bachelor groups, all coming in front of my cameras, they'll make a circuit and they'll hit like four different cameras of mine, so it's like I can see <laughs> oh look at this at at twelve o five a m they're at this one then at twelve twenty they're at this one, then at one o'clock and as soon as they shed that velvet they're gone man
1: it, It's crazy uh, I had a deer last year um a big double beam buck. Huge buck. I don't know what he scored. Guy, neighboring guy ended up getting him, but I was getting, I originally seen this deer from the road, uh, just country cruising. Uh, didn't have any binoculars, but I seen he's a monster. And he ran into the property I had permission to hunt. So instantly, I, I grabbed three cam. Actually, I think I grabbed four cameras and just put them all over the place. I'm like, I just want to get a picture. Of well, it wasn't a week I had a picture of this deer. He was just a, I bet he scored probably in the 180s. He had like oh, he had a double beam on one side, just massive old. Uh, started talking to a few neighbors. There's one neighbor who talked about him. Said he'd been getting his pictures for three or four years, and he's always had that double main beam. So I'm like, man, this deer's like seven years old, and I, this is the first year I've ever seen him or gotten pictures of him. So he's like, he's venturing out. You know, it's like I don't know why he's moving away from his home territory. So, not so once I confirmed, you know, he a monster. I switched all my cam. I waited for a storm to come through so I can go in there scent free. Made my shooting lanes. Changed all my cameras out from regular cameras to cell cams and got out of there and stayed out. Yep. I was getting pictures of this deer every single day in daylight. Through probably mid-August all the way through September.
0: When does, every single- when does your season open there?
1: October 1st.
0: Oh, okay. Jeez. So...
1: Uh, Every single day, every time of day, six a.m., nine thirty a.m., eleven thirty a.m., two p.m., four p.m., six p.m. No night pictures. Every single one of them is daytime.
0: What the heck?
1: I'm like, I told my boss, I said, Hey, I'm leaving October 1st was a Thursday that year, and I work Monday through Thursday. I said, I'm leaving early Thursday. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna kill this deer opening day. Bay. Yeah. Like, there's no way I can. And uh, so I left early that day and Got in the stand. Never. I hunted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, evenings only. Three days in a row. Never laid eyes on that deer. Stopped getting pictures. Just gone. Oh, no. Like, you know, I've, I've never thought I could pattern a deer or everything. I never thought I'd kill a mature buck October 1st from, from trail can experience. I was like, when you're getting pictures every single day at all times of the day, I'm like, I'm in his living room. Yeah. I'm hunting his. I'm hunting his bedroom, you know. But uh, I only got end up getting one daylight picture during the season. is October fifteenth, and I was at work, and it was when a strong cold front came through, and that's the last day daytime picture I got him. He ended up getting shot like, no, like late November, early December during second gun season. Okay. So.
0: Dude, it's crazy to me that bucks like that can survive and never be seen. Like, I mean, trail camera pictures are one thing, but like, there's bucks like that that are out there. Even where I hunt in Wisconsin, I tell people all the time, I'm like, there's 200 inch deer within a mile and a half of us that may have never been seen by a human. And the fact that they can just hide like that, they know where they're safe. They might hang out in a quarter acre area for a year straight. I mean, it it just kind of blows your mind the potential that's out there that we don't even understand.
1: Oh, and that's why I hunt those four acre patches. Yep. That's their safe zone.
0: Yeah. If you can get in on a small patch like that, I mean where we're at, we've got 20 acres. Um, I've had, I've had a big buck on camera. It's an eight point, but it's, it's a tank. I mean, he's outside his ears, super tall, super heavy. And I know he's around here. I bet you at all times I'm within a quarter mile of him and I just can't seem to pick him out. I mean, like I'll put cameras out everywhere and I'll get one picture of him. He'll be walking towards my other cameras and I only have one picture of him. And I'm like, Dang it, huh. this is so ridiculous. I got him on camera right behind my shed. Like we live in a shop house and yeah. I got him. He was on my archery range. I've got a shooting lane through the orchard and I put a camera on one of the orchard trees and he was in my shooting lane at like 75 yards. While I was in here sleeping. I mean, he's here, <laughs> yeah. but he's so yeah. elusive, I just can't seem to get eyes on him.
1: I have a I have a buck I've been following, I named rib ribcage. A lot of people around here know that when I talk about ribcage, they know the deer I'm talking about. Uh I picked up actually when I hunted the double bean buck, I seen this buck on October 1st, right at dark. I, at first, I thought it was the double bean buck, but ended up not being. But he, he was a nice deer, probably 140s, but it was right at dark. He just looked big. Um, ended up picking up both the sheds this spring. So I got a matching set, and it's pretty heavy. Uh, so instantly, I knew. I'm like, I'm going to try to get trail cam pictures of this deer this this year. And uh, same thing, same spot as the double bean buck. I put a camera up started getting his velvet pictures. He blew up into maybe a one sixties, 10 point with trash everywhere. I'm just like, and I, I know this deer's young, like three and a half, four, four and a half at the oldest, but I'm still, I'm still staying three and a half. Cause his two and a half year old body. was pretty small. Yeah. Uh, they're like, everybody's like, when are you going to shoot rib cage? When are you going to shoot rib cage? And I'm like, I'm not going to hunt it. What do you mean? You're not going to hunt it. I'm like, He's up to ten. He blew up from last year. I mean, he was one thirties last year. Now he's one sixty. What he can he do a, next?
0: If year? he has one more year like that, man.
1: Yeah, one more year like that. I got both the sheds, but I mean, it's not even that I that I wouldn't hunt him. He usually disappears around October and don't come back until the end of season. He'll come back maybe late December, January, and he'll winter there. That's how I got his sheds. You know, he yep. he's been there every day last year, and uh, I was like. They're like, well, can I come hunt him? I'm like, no, you can't come hunt him. I'm like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is the dumbest question to ask a hunter. Like, you've got a future target, but can I come shoot him now? Like, no, if I was going to let someone, I'd be the one to shoot it.
1: Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, I'm going to see if I can get his sheds again this year. And it may be a thing where I never kill. I mean, I don't have to kill a deer. Yeah. I got got a six and a half year old deer that I've been watching for four years that I could, I'm going to say I could kill him. I ain't hunted him. But I, I don't want to... I pick up his sheds almost every year. You know, I got sheds and sheds and sheds in this deer. And if I ever kill him, it's like... I ain't going to get his sheds anymore. Yeah. But he, he's not a giant, though. I mean, he's a six-and-a-half-year-old, 150-inch, 10-point. Pretty massive. Uh, he's been... He's actually, like... He's been going downhill. Like, his biggest track was when he was a three-and-a-half-year-old, which is really strange.
0: Jeez, yeah. That is odd.
1: I passed him twice as a three-and-a-half-year-old, thinking, you know, this is going to be a giant. And he just, he never did take that step. Hmm. Unlike rib cage, you know, that's taken a huge step. And if he comes, you know, if he survived, I, I assume he's alive. Last, last picture I got was November 5th at night. But so I put a camera, I just started doing videos on trail cams. Uh, I don't know, I guess wanted to save battery life. We always did photo, but started doing videos this year. And Every video of this year I got, even in the summer, he sneaks in everywhere he goes like this deer never moves fast and I'll get I'll get, I got videos of him where he he'll flinch. Like, I don't know if he's hearing something in the woods, but this deer is the most cautious deer that I've ever seen. So I have no doubt he's alive. Yeah. Cause like, like I said, I don't know where he goes. I don't know anybody else that even talks about getting trail cam pictures of him. Like nobody else talks about this deer, but me and I just have to assume he's alive. He, he's very cautious for whatever reason. You know, even when I seen him, like, that October 1st last year, like, we had eye contact. And maybe I maybe I trained him. Maybe from then on, he's like, hey, I'm not, this ain't a safe world or something. Yep. I don't know. but Jeez. I've never seen, like, deer, like usually deer in the summertime, they know it's safe, you know. Yeah. But yeah. this deer... He's just cautious. He moves like, it's just crazy. I bet you I have 20 videos of this deer. You know, they're on 10 seconds because that's all my camera, that camera will let me do. Yep. But he moves so slow, like real slow. Those even are the
0: ones that sneak up on you. Like uh, one day, if you do catch up with him, you might be sitting there and he's like just underneath you out of nowhere. Oh, Those yeah, deer yeah. drive me crazy. They really yeah. do. Cause I love, I love the anticipation and hearing the crunch. And you're just like, that's a big body. Like, I know, I know something's coming. And then like the slow head turn I've gotten, I've gotten surprised by deer more this year. And I don't know how, but they will be five yards. When I first see them, the Buckeye shot in Wisconsin this year, 20 yards. First time I saw him. I mean, we're talking like a foot of Oak leaves on the ground in the middle of the timber. You could hear a squirrel at 300 yards in there, and all yeah. of a sudden, this buck is literally standing at 20 yards. And I was like, "Dude, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me." But yeah, who knows, man? He might just show up out of nowhere.
1: Oh, he could, yeah. And the one, so I got a video of him November 5th at night, and he just stood there the whole video. That's all he did. He just stood there. I'm like, man, this deer never runs. <laughs> I mean, he might just be lazy. I don't know, but. Yeah. He's, he's very cautious. I have no doubt that he's going to show. Yeah. It's December 14th. I think last year he showed up about around Christmas time, you know, after basically most of the hunting's done, you know, some people are still hunting, but not very many. Yeah. So hopefully he shows up up here soon. Uh, I put a camera right where he was bedded last year, you know, basically the same spot. I was getting pictures of him all winter. That's how I knew I'd get his sheds because he was there almost every day.
0: Yeah. Man, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you can get sheds again this year and see what he turns into next year. Oh, yeah. I want that so bad. I want to have a property where they winter, where I can find sheds year after year, build history. I haven't had a ton of deer that I've been able to build, like, a yearly history with. There's been a few. None of them have blown up. But the one here on the property I live on, he's probably the closest one to that. And he was a really nice eight-point last year. And he just nothing changed about his rack except if you were to like zoom in on your phone, you know, like imagine that. Like his rack is exactly the same as it was last year. But then imagine just like two fingers opening, zooming in on your phone, and he just he gained everywhere without adding any extra points.
1: Yeah. And I'm a sucker eights too. So <laughs> Oh that's yeah. That's awesome.
0: all. I've been after a lot of big eights out here and it's just tough, man. I get my hopes up every year. I just, like, put everything else in the back of my mind. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. They don't stay here throughout the year. <laughs> like, they always <laughs> go across the road, and you don't ever see them again until the following year. And uh, it doesn't matter. One one trail camera picture, and in my mind, the steer's already dead. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I'm i very optimistic yeah. when I get out in the woods.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I I enjoy getting their picture just as much as the hunting. <laughs> Yep. That's just like picking up their sheds. If I can get his antlers without killing him, I don't know if I'd ever kill them, you know?
0: Yeah. I, you get man, the antlers. I, I joke with friends. I'm like, I would start a deer farm just to collect antlers. Like there's something about having a pile of antlers. When I moved all my stuff to my buddies this last week, I had a pie. He's got like a, he's got like this kegerator, like a refrigerator for kegs. And yeah. On top, I just had all of these antlers piled up. I mean, from deer that I had shot and just chopped the antlers off, and like didn't do a Euro mount, uh, sheds that people have found. And I was like, this is just the coolest thing. I mean, this is like a treasure chest to me. Yeah, If I could have a whole wall of these or have a buck that is seven and a half years old living in a pen and I go and pick up his bases that you can't put your fingers around, I don't know, man. There's something about antlers I can't get over. Uh, it.
1: Me neither. It, it drives me nuts. Uh, I, like I said, I've tried to get away from it where I wasn't so addicted. And I think the more I get away from it, it just draws me in more. It's just, I mean, everybody's addicted to something. Yep. I'm addicted to antlers like you. I'm addicted to antlers. I, I think it'd be cool to pick up a sheds off a deer for three or four years and mount every year that he was you know, and you eventually kill him, mount every year he was, a, you know, he got a sheds and that'd be cool to just play on a wall, I think.
0: Man, I've got I, I got to go and talk with a guy in Buffalo County, Wisconsin, and his name is Tom. He's been doing an outfitting service there for forty years, I think. You should see the inside of his cabin. He'll have the same buck sheds for seven straight years, and then have the shoulder mount of him up on the wall. And I'm see, like, that, oh my gosh! And he's got pictures literally millions and millions of pictures. He said he gets 10,000 pictures a week and he has to go through. I mean, he's got like 350 trail cameras out. He's got, I don't remember how many hundred stands out and some of these bucks, the coolest one. Um, you can't hunt albinos in Wisconsin, but he's got an albino on camera and I can't remember. It's either seven and a half. I know this is a big spread. It's either seven and a half or 11 and a half. And he's had pictures of it every year since it was a fawn. And uh, you got to go check him out. I think his website is Bluff Country Outfitters. And he's got all of these different pictures on it. It's a cool it's a cool setup. And I'm like, man, I just want that. Even if it was 20 acres. Give me 20 acres where I've got a couple deer that I get to document all throughout the year and all throughout the years. And uh, I'd be a happy man.
1: Dude, that guy's living the dream. He is. And that's what... Really, I, I keep telling my wife, and I'm like, I got to find a job that has something to do with hunting. You yep. know, anything. I'd, you know, if we didn't live in such a small town or if we had a Cabela's, I'd work at Cabela's, you know, uh-huh. just to be there. You know, I, I got a really good job, very fortunate, but has nothing to do with hunting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, uh, I've, I've always thought about trying to be like a land management specialist or something like that, where I go help people plot out their lands, put food plots in, do hinge cutting, show them where to put stands, hang cameras. But also I've heard a lot of people say, don't turn your passion into your job or you'll start to hate it. And I'm like, I could see it. I, I love talking about hunting. And so the podcast, I was like, that's a natural deal for me. But there are times where I'm like, dang, man, I've got like seven podcasts to record this week. Once I get into the middle of them, it's great. But in thinking about it ahead of time, I'm like, I hope this doesn't ruin anything for me. Like long-term, yeah. I want to still be able to talk about it, be passionate about it and not have it hinder my view of hunting or, or, uh, fog my view of hunting at all.
1: You, you gotta make time for hunting too. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: I know next year I'm going to hit it hard this year. It seemed like every opening day of anything I was on a trip somewhere Um, visiting family, we had an appointment or something like that. And so next year I'm like wiping the whole fall schedule or calendar and just hunting the whole time. So, well, man, I don't want to take up a whole lot more of your time. I know we're over an hour Um, before we hop off. uh, I want to give you a chance to share. I know you mentioned your TikTok earlier. Are there any other platforms that people can find you on?
1: No, not really. I mean, I just, I'm just not big into too much. I mean, obviously I have a Facebook page. that's just kind of a personal page. It has nothing to do with hunting. Okay. Uh, my TikTok is 90% hunting. Nice. I, mean, I do a lot of, like I post a lot of my videos that I've been getting the bucks on there. Uh, rib cage is on there. Talk about rib cage. Sweet. There's a few, there's a few videos of the double beam buck on there. Um, I, and Obviously, the buck I just shot, I filmed me walking up to him. So, yeah, I mean, TikTok's about the only thing that has really taken off. I mean, I'm at like 7,200 followers, which ain't obviously oh, huge, but it's more than I ever tried. Oh, yeah. Before. No, that's great. I posted a video before the rut that I actually filmed last year of a buck running through the woods. It got 2.5 million views.
0: Jeez.
1: I'm like, it's a small buck running through the woods, but for some reason, you know, people started commenting, people started liking, and then it just... I think it was because it was before the rut. People are like, hey, where's this at? Where's this Buck chasing? you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, that took off. not really where I got most of my followers. You know, I've just been posting, you know, basically trail cam picks and uh, videos. Yeah. I don't I do I don't know if you ever heard of rope scrapes where people hang a rope. Oh, yeah. I do a lot. I got a lot of videos on my TikTok of that. Oh, nice. Those are awesome. So you, Those are
0: awesome. So you do that?
1: Oh, yeah. They're awesome.
0: What, um, I mean, did you find like a, a 200% increase on like activity or scraping or what, I mean, what drew you to it and what success have you seen with it?
1: So I just started them last year. And at first, the first one I hung up, I started getting pictures of deer just coming up, putting their nose on it, and just walking by, it, you know, just kind of scent checking it. Yeah, But, you know, that's cool, you know? So this year I started hanging them everywhere. I mean, just everywhere I had a camera, I had a rope. Well, I learned really quick that it's not that simple. Um, location's the number one pr- number one thing. Location yep. got to be where go buy it and see it and find it. Um, number two, time. So I, I hung one last year, and this year it was my best one because it had been there for so long. They know it's there. Yeah. So I'm getting, and the reason I do it, it's not it's not attract it. It's not going to attract deer, but it stops them you know you, how many blurry pictures of bucks do you get And you're like man is that a shooter mm-hmm. you know you can't this rope stops on me, you get the perfect picture nice. like i said now i, now I put it on video and you get bucks well i got a picture of that 198 inch deer that got shot early i got a picture of him playing with it you know to Damn. see a mature buck playing with a rope is pretty cool <laughs> yeah. but you know i got bucks They bite it and they pull on it and, you know, they put their antlers in it. They, they go back and forth. I mean, it's just really cool. I got bobcats swinging at it, you know, they're playing with it. I got coons climbing the ropes. I mean, just it's neat. I mean, so, I mean, I just say, you know, find a travel corridor where they travel, put that rope right by where they're traveling. They cannot walk by it without stopping. They can't.
0: So They stop so, you're putting it near travel corridors, not necessarily where there's already like a rubber, a scrape.
1: Correct. Yeah. I've, I've put some where there's scrapes, but I mean, the deer are already there. I mean, yeah. it's not like it's not attracting them, it, it's stopping them is all it's doing. Nice. No, uh, that's
0: that's brilliant because I get a lot of deer moving quickly through like the back path behind my orchard. They'll come through and it's just like, man, I wish I would have got him to stop and i've just got like the cheap i buy the cheapest trail cameras you've ever seen and i'm like man i could buy like that 200 dollars trail camera or i could buy five of these ones off amazon <laughs> and i always just go the cheap route and throw them out but that's smart just to have something that stops them even though like you said it doesn't attract them um if i can just get them to stop even the crappy cameras i can get decent pictures on
1: oh you can stop them and then you can stop them right where you want them. If you want that kid, cam- if you got a cheap camera and that deer needs to be five feet from it, you put that rope five feet from the camera, you, know, you bring them to the camera. Yep. So I I, will, I didn't say, I, I said it wasn't attractive, but if that deer's within 10 feet, you can bring them in, you know, you can bring them even closer to your camera and get that perfect picture.
0: Yeah. And that would be cool too, to see all of the different types of wildlife interacting with it. Oh, I followed this page. I followed this page for a while. I can't remember the name of it, but all it was was a log. It was a log going across a creek, and I think it was in Montana. And the guy would post every picture that he got of wildlife on his trail camera that just faced this, like, natural bridge for animals to cross. He had wolves, black bears, mountain lions, lynx, otters, turkey, then he had like sandhill cranes and wood ducks in the water, he had grizzly, I mean like everything. And I'm like, this is just cool to have a camera set up and you're picking all this stuff up. And yeah, I feel like a rope would be a totally oh. unique way to do that.
1: Oh yeah. And that's why I started to go to start to put my cameras on video cuz it's just that much better than a picture. I mean, yeah. he's so much more.
0: Well so, man, I I really do appreciate you hopping on with me. Uh, I had a great time chatting. Awesome success. Congratulations on all your success this year. And, uh, right. we're going to have to keep in touch and maybe get together and do a hunt sometime. I won't come blow up your four acre plot, but, uh, it sounds like you've got quite the area that you're hunting in with all the big buck activity. I mean, even to shoot one, 190 and then see another one, <laughs> like that's amazing.
1: Yeah. And, th- and those two are on the same. Page. Crazy. Yeah. You know, nice. I, I am very where I live. And, you know, like I said, I started out. So I, when I was a kid, I hunted a certain area. When I got married, we moved about 20, 30 miles. So I had to get, you know, it was a restart. So I just went to every door, and said, Hey, you got any hunting ground, you know, yeah. there's a lot of no's, but guess what? There's a few yeses and a few <laughs> of those yeses turned out to be amazing, <laughs> amazing opportunities, you know? Yeah. So, and then I just purchased my first 40 acre patch this year. Nice. I haven't got to hunt it because, like I said, I didn't have time to do trail cans or anything like that. So, I, I don't even have a deer stand on my own property. Yeah. I'm going to be honking in the background. Oh, yeah. No, you're good. But, yeah, I didn't even hunt in my, my own 40 acres yet. I mean, I've been there a couple of times. I got a blind there, but I'm not big out hunting blinds. I want to be up in the tree and be able to see. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where our house is going next year. So, I'm hoping and there again, I don't want to kill deer right out of my backyard. So I may not, I may never hunt there. Dang. I, I, I enjoy watching them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Unless that'd be cool. I'm, I mean, to have like a back porch where you can just go sit and watch deer moving around.
1: Oh uh, yeah. We're going to have a walkout basement with the wraparound porch and I'm going to post, that's another thing I'm going to do on my TikToks. So I'm going to post the stages of the house being built. Oh, cool. I'll probably, I'll probably post, you know, this is going to be my first place where I can just go in and do what I want. Food yeah. plot, hinge cut, you know, I've never got to really do that. I mean, this is my 40 acres that I get to experiment, I guess. Oh,
0: that's so, the dream, man.
1: Imagine the, rope, imagine the rope scrape I'm going to have there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've already picked out, I've honestly already picked out the perfect spot.
0: So that's awesome. I can't. Man, well, again, congrats. I really do appreciate you hopping on, and uh, good luck throughout the rest of the season. Let's keep in touch, though. Uh, I want to keep hearing all your stories.
1: Good luck to you. You still going to grind it out the rest
0: of the season? I am, man. I was hoping to go out the past couple days, and like I said yesterday, I just felt like I got hit by a truck, and uh, I've been like just passed out in bed all day today. Don't get out.
1: Don't get out there
0: and cough like I did. Oh my well, it sounds like it works actually. So maybe I will.
1: Somehow it did. <laughs> Crazy.
0: No, I'm hoping, I'm hoping throughout this week I can get out a bunch. I think we have till January 15th. And so, um, I think I'm going to be in town almost every day between now and then. So I'll try to get out and see definitely, if I can catch definitely. deer moving back to their, pa- their pre-rifle season patterns.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Especially on a good cold front, we get some cold
0: weather. I know it's been so hot here. I'm I'm talking like 60s, 70s. I don't get it. Uh,
1: yeah, I wasn't hunting that. <laughs> no,
0: no, I hate sweating in a tree stand. I hate sweating. Sweet. Period. I'd much rather yeah. it be like single digits than 50 even. So for sure. Well, sweet man, I'll keep you. I'll keep you up to date. Hopefully, I've got some success and some cool stories, and uh, uh, I'm excited to watch your TikToks. So
1: all right sounds good man
0: all right we'll see ya all right see ya and that is gonna wrap it up for today's show i hope you guys enjoyed that and what a couple wild stories i mean it's phenomenal that he was able to recover all of the deer that he shot this year but man i would have been a mess i i don't even know how to describe it i would have been all over the place and uh it sounds like he's had great encounters with a lot of really big deer. I mean, to have a 196, a 176, a 168, and then the way he talks about 140s and 150s is hilarious to me because, I mean, that's a caliber of buck that I dream of shooting around here. I've seen some big ones, but uh, year to year, I mean, the best I could hope for or that I get on trail camera, I guess, is probably in the one... 45 to 160 range. And so it's just funny to hear that him, like, oh, yeah, it was just a 10 point, 150 inch, no big deal. Um, anyways, I think he's going to have a lot of success. I think he's going to be back on the show in the future. With some more big buck stories, encounters, and hopefully successes. So, uh, thanks for tuning into this one. Uh, again, if you guys haven't already, please hop on, leave a review and a rating of the show. That helps me out greatly. It helps get the podcast out in front of more people as well. Go on BigGameHero.com and vote for Hunter Lishinsky to be the Big Game Hero. That is a contest. If you haven't been listening, it's a contest where he could potentially win $25,000 and a five-day guided hunt uh, for elk. And so please hop on there, check the link in my bio. And for any of the guests, if you want to hear from them, if you want to follow up with them, see what they've been up to, or check out the videos and pictures that they talk about on the show, you can always check the description in the link in the podcast. And so go check that out so you can connect with the guests. And until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.